We're on page Reish Chaf Aleph in the Hesophis, in the beginning of the Hesophis, in the back of the Sefer. Like I mentioned at the end of the previous Mimer, Mzachar, we actually skipped a Mimer that was added later in the second printing of the Sefer, Elip uh, Kudi, which they found later, so they didn't actually have it in the first printing of the Sefer. Um, so we're going to be starting this Mimer on page Reish Chaf Aleph, uh, 221. Just to mention, also, in the Teich in the Mefteach, in the beginning, of this of the sefer, it mentioned about Zacher. It was a mimer we just finished that wasn't actually finished in the in the Rebbe Shab's writing, and it mentions that there's Hanacha, another um, version, not version, but another. This mimer was written down by another Chassid from this mimer, which was printed and they added it also in the Suffice. and so, and it says also in order to understand the you know the real completeness of this mimer, go look at the mimer which is which is basically which by the Friedrich which is based on this mimer. In um, Tafresh Pei, um, which is the same Dibramaschil, oh, Dibramaschil So this, this, so there's another Hanach of this Mimer we just finished the Zacher in the Hisafis, and also you can see the Friedrich Rebbe's Mimer to get the whole picture of the Mimer. We're not going to do that now, we're just going to actually do the Mimer the in the actual Sefer, not in the Hanachis or in the back. So starting the new Mimer of Elip Kudem. With the help of Hashem, the Shabbos of the Parsha of Pekudei, 56-68. These are the the countings of the Mishkan, meaning all the different, the countings, all the different um, items that were donated for the Mishkan. The Mishkan Eidus, the, 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 the tabernacle of the testimony. Ubitzal ben Uri Hulu and Ubitzal, the son of Uri, also as Kola Shertiva Hashem, who was the main one of the main uh, people involved in building the Mishkan and and everything in the utensils and putting together all the tapestries of the Mishkan. He did everything that Hashem commanded to Moshe. That's the pasuk. V'tzarich lo mipnei ma mafsik b'zeh mafsik b'zeh Ubitzal Hulu also Hulu. Why? Does the the verse about it says Elav Kudim Mishkan? These are all the things which were donated to the Mishkan, which were used in the Mishkan, uh, the Mishkan the Edus, and then all of a sudden it stops in the middle before counting and telling you actually all the utensils, all the items used. It stops and says about Mitzalul and how he did everything that Hashem commanded Moshe. Why does it stop at the middle about Mitzalul? Also, that he did everything. The whole point of this parsha is to count. Uh, to actually make an accounting of all the gold and silver that were used for the building of the Mishkan, it should have said right away. These are the these are the all the items that were used in the Mishkan, and then right away started counting zav kesef instead of stopping in the middle of betzal. Why would it stop about this and say that betzal did everything that Hashem that that Hashem commanded Moshe? And also doesn't explain what Metzal did. It just says in a very hidden way, it just says in a very, uh, yeah, hidden way, he did everything that Hashem commanded Moshe, not saying the details. What does it matter here to let us know about this idea that Metzal did everything according to how Hashem commanded? So, behold, So in the Zoyar it says that when it says the countings, of the Mishkan, of the items used in the Mishkan, who al derech, it's similar to what it says, Vashem pokad esoda, that Hashem, it's similar to what it says in the verse, Hashem remembered uh, Sarah. Like it says in another verse, and I, I have surely remembered 
and I will take you out of Egypt. And that, so when Hashem remembered Sarah and basically gave, remembered her and you know gave her the ability to have a child, similar to the idea of Pokhid Pokhaditi, Hashem remembered the Jewish people, remembered their servitude in Egypt and their pain, and therefore was ready to redeem them. So the Zayar connects this Pukudei Mishkan, the countings of the Mishkan, with the idea of Pukadati, which is the idea of more remembrance. So Mishkan. We have to understand what's the connection of Pekida, of Hashem remembering um, Sarah, or remembering the Jewish people in Egypt, to the idea of the counting of the items of the Mishkan. But seemingly, in the simple sense, they don't have any connection whatsoever. Mishkan in in the Medrash Shabbat it says why did it say Eilav Kudia Mishkan Mishkan Eidus it says it twice Eilav Kudia Mishkan and then Mishkan Eidus Vishen Ishmashkin Beis Pam Malde Yisrael because the the Holy Temple was actually taken as collateral two times through the Jewish people so meaning the the Holy Temple was destroyed twice and so to say taken as collateral to Hashem that we should that we should basically do Hashem's will and then and then Hashem will return that collateral and give us the third base of Mikdash. That's why it says Mishkan Mishkan, hinting to the two um, holy temples that were destroyed and taken as collateral by Hashem. Mifarish Mishkan Loshin Mashkoin. So the Medrash is explaining Mishkan, tabernacle, a place where Hashem dwells from Loshin, like Shechina or Shoichin, from the word Mashkoin, which is collateral, um, security, deposit. And also the Zerah says the same thing in the in Parshas on the verse, I have placed my dwelling place within you, Mishkani da Shechinta. Mishkanta di di li who so the Zerah says when it says Mishkani my dwelling place this is referring to the Shechinta the 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 Shechinta the uh, divine presence of Hashem Mishkanta di li which is my mashkoin my uh, collateral gabaychu by which is by you which is which I'm giving over to you as a um, guarantee as a guarantee a security deposit. So you see that the Zerah says that Mishkan it comes to the word Shechina, divine presence, the, the indwelling of Hashem in the world. And also collateral. And see the Ramaz, the commentary in the Zerah there. As it seems from the Zerah, So from the Zerah it seems that even the times the Beis Mikdash is, is, is existing, is standing, the Shechina, um, the divine presence of Hashem, which rests in the Mishkan at that time, in the base of Mikdash at that time when it's still standing, is in, is a type of Mashkin, a collateral, a security deposit. And if he, um, like the Zerah, it's implying that Mishkani, that my mash, my Mishkan is actually a Mishkan Dili, is actually my deposit which is with you. But according to what explains the Medrash Shabbat, it's saying that no, that the collateral was given only after the destruction of the Holy Temple. So we see it's a little contradiction here. The truth is that in the Zerah, it's also speaking about the times of the exile, when we don't have our, when we don't have our Holy Temple anymore. So not just also, not, it's not only speaking about that, that the Mashkin is when the Holy Temple is still there, it's also speaking about the times of Golis. And it seems, though, that from the Zerah, that even the time that the Beis Mikdash is existing, is standing, it the um, Hashem's divine presence and resting in the base of Mikdash is considered also a mashkin, a collateral. So too in the times of exile. Also in the times of exile, when the Holy Temple is not standing, my my mashkin, my collateral is with you, is given over to you. Even though the 
the mashkain of the base of was taken. Now the collateral the security of the deposit, so to say, was taken back to Hashem. The Hainu, I'm having problem uh, problems figuring out the Sashatavis. Please, anyone who knows it, let me know. But I maybe it's the Hainu Bishivim Shona, meaning only it was taken as a collateral. The te- collateral is taken back. Only for seventy years, it's the time between the destruction of the first base of Mikdash and the second base of Mikdash. Nevertheless, even though it was taken back, the collateral was taken back to Hashem, but still, it's always connected to the Jewish people. It's their collateral. It's their security. Their base of Mikdash. That's why my mashkin is to you. It's always connected to us. So now let's explain all this. So the explanation of this concept is the hamashkin. The general idea of a security deposit of a collateral, even besides the fact that it's a guarantee for whatever you're you've lent to somebody, um, sorry, you've borrowed from somebody, you get now the person is giving your the borrower is giving a, a security deposit to guarantee that he's giving it back. The inner purpose of this collateral, of this guarantor, this mashkin, who shahamashkin, who davar yoker biyaser. It's that the the security deposit, the, the collateral, is something which is very precious, very expensive, very special to the person. That because of this preciousness of this collateral, which he has given over, even if he becomes distant from that, very distant from the collateral, which he gave to the um, which he gave to the lender. Nevertheless, he'll always remember this security, this deposit he gave, and because of its special its specialness to the person, and therefore he'll always be drawn after it. So therefore, you give it to the the lender, in order that you'll never want to forget about this. You'll never forget about paying back the loan because you have this very precious object which you gave to the lender. So that's a, that's the inner idea of the mashkin. So now we continue with the lashon of the, the zayar, which according before about this idea of the mashkin. So so too Hashem wants to live amongst the Jewish people. Ma'avid. So what does he do? Natal kisufa delay v'nachsas la lasato lagabe Yisrael. And therefore, what did what did Hashem do in order to to dwell amongst the Jewish people? He t- he took his he kisufa delay. He took his, his um, his his kesef, his silver, and he lolisata, and he descended it. He brought it down here to the Jewish people. In Omar Meshkanta Dili, my special security, my special collateral, which is this, so to say, this silver, which is very precious to a person. Gabaychu now is to you, to the Jewish people. Begin the loy esparish min in order that I will never become separated from from you, the Jewish people. For eternity, so that is this idea of the base of Mikdash is descending down to this world, which is Hashem's most precious possession, so to say, like a gold and silver to us, and therefore Hashem is always going to be drawn after us, no matter what, because of this special mashkin which He's given us. Ulohavim mashchinta he kisufa dili, and so let's understand how the Zayar says the the divine presence of Hashem is, so to say, Hashem's kisufa is His kesef, his, his silver. And that is the that is Hashem's mashkin collateral, which always draws him towards us. First, we have to understand the general concept, which we're here recalling the shechina, the mashkin, Hashem's divine presence, the mashkin. So let's understand what the shechina is. 
Hashem's divine presence. Like the verse says about the Shekhinah, it says, V'shechanti, I shall dwell within them, the Jewish people, within the base of Mikdash, actually, with all the, within all the parts of the base of Mikdash. I shall cause my presence, my Shekhinah, to dwell amongst them. And another verse says, because I dwell amongst the Jewish people, and Targumay the Shkinti Shar Yechulu. And the, again, the Aramaic translation is that my Shkina, my divine presence, my indwelling, is um, resting amongst them, amongst the Jewish people. What is this idea of the Shkina, which comes from the word Shoichin, which means to dwell, to rest? The Rambam, his opinion is that Shkina, he begins COVID Nivra Shinira La so the, the opinion of the Raman is that the Shechina, what we call Shechina, is actually a Kavid uh, Nivra, a level of aspect of Hashem's glory, which is a already on a level of a creation, which is seen to the, which is able to be seen to the prophets. So this is the glory of Hashem, which the glory of Hashem is already a level of godliness, which is so diminished and so contracted, and has come down through many different tzimtzumim and uh, contractions and concealments of godliness to the extent which now it's actually in the gather of a creation, in the realm of a creation. It's, so to say, a creation. This energy is now descended so low, it's a creation from Hashem. And therefore, this is the glory which the prophets are appreciating, which they are perceiving through their prophecy. So that's what the Shekhinah, according to the Rambam. Ramban Zal, in his, in his commentary on the Torah on in Parsha of Aigash, he argues with the Rambam. The Rambam says that the Shechina, divine presence of Hashem, is actually a, really a divine presence. It's actually Hashem's it's godliness. It's not a level of godliness which is, has descended and become diminished to the realm of a creation. Rather, it is godliness connected directly to the Creator. And this is also the opinion of all the Mekubalim and Rishenim, the early um, Kabbalists and the Arizal. Shechina is a level of godliness, literally a level of godliness. The Shechina is one of the ten spheres, uh, one of the spheres of the ten spheres of the world of Atzilus, which are all godly. They're all the powers of Hashem. They're all God parts of Hashem, parts of Hashem's powers. So therefore, they're not yet creations. The world of Atzilus is the world of emanation, from the word Yetzal, or Etzlev something which is close to Hashem. Like explained in other places in Chassidus, that Atzilus is not a like the world of Bria, not an actual creation of something new. It's actually just a Giliahelim, just something that's revealing something which was concealed beforehand. There were the Esosphiris existed before, and the that's what they called the Esosphiris Agnusis, the hidden Esosphiris. Now they're hidden within the infinite energy of Hashem. They're absorbed and subsumed, overtaken by the infinite energy. And then in the world of Atzilus is where they become revealed, but they're not new creations yet. So therefore, Shechina, which usually is referring to the level of Malchus of Atzilus, the lowest level of the ten spheres of Atzilus, is Elikus which is literally godliness. It's one of the ten spheres. Um, so, we, according to this explanation, we have to understand what it means then when it says the unification between the Kuchibichu, between the Holy One, blessed is He, and His Shechina, and so and His Shechina, the divine presence. This is this expression is is uh, is full. And the Zayar is full of this expression, and all the holy holy books are full of this expression. Being that now we've explained, according to 
all the the uh, early Kabbalists and the Arizal, and according to the Rambam, that Shechina is a Lekus, is literally godliness, just like the Holy One Blessed is He, just like Hashem. Therefore, what, so if so, how can we explain this idea of the unification between um, Hashem and His Shechina, which basically it's unification between two, two, they're both godliness. So what is this unification that we're bringing about here? When, you, when you're saying the unification between Shechina, how the Rambam explains it, which is a already the Kavid of Hashem, the glory of Hashem, which has already lowered itself to the level of a Nivra, to a created entity. So I understand there's a specialty, a special quality which is brought out when you're unifying this creation back to the Creator. But here you're talking about two levels within the Creator, two levels of godliness. So let's, it says, see what it says in another Mimer, and the Mimer, which is the, the beer, it's explanation on the Mimer, which is entitled the Yeshuvu, regarding the idea of the Rotsi, the yearning, which the Malchus, which is usually synonymous with the Shechina, experiences. The Rotsi, which Malchus experiences, this is the same idea of the Yichud, of the Kuchubichu Shechinte, the Malchus of Atzilus yearning to go back to be absorbed within the Kuchubichu, which is this higher level of godliness. So that Mimer explains the same idea, a similar idea of what does it mean if these are two levels in godliness, how can there be a yichud between them? So to explain this, to explain this, we preface an explanation of another verse and brought in brought in Shir Shirim. It says, my, my dove, my perfect one, Peter's Tamosi, Loshan Shlemus, and in the in these probably in the Zayar and the Medrash explains that Tamasi not only does it mean my perfect one, it means Malashan Tmimus, Shlemus, complete completeness, my complete one. The Hashem is saying in the Shir Hashem, which as it's known that the Shir Hashem is just the love poem, so to say, but an analogy between the love between Hashem and the Jewish people, or the Jewish people and Hashem. Hashem is saying to the Jewish people, You are my Shlemus, you are my complete ones, meaning you complete me. The Jewish people complete Hashem, Kivyachulam. We are able to complete, uh, bring completeness to godliness. Like it says in another verse, um, return, return, my Hashulamis. What does this mean? That's Shulamis, also from Lashon Shlemus. So return, my complete one. So we see also that verse is saying, Shulamis, Lashon completeness. Uh, Hashem is calling us not only Tamosi, which is Tamimus and Shlemus, also another verse, same idea, Shulamis, which is Shlemus, in a more clear way, see, that it actually uses the word Shulamis, which is Shlemus. So, seemingly it's not understood, how could, is it possible to say that the Jewish people, the, the congregation of Israel, us Jewish people down here, we are able to bring a completeness to godliness? Because the Zerah says that, and it's known, obviously, that Hashem is the ultimate completeness. Turning the page, um, etc. So Hashem is the ultimate completeness. He doesn't need us for any to be complete at all. He doesn't need us to do anything to add to His completeness. He is complete and perfect. So what does it mean that we are completing Hashem, so to say, or we're bringing a certain sort of completeness to God? So the page reads Now the idea is the Knesset Israel Yibchenas Malchus. So Knesset Israel, we're saying here the Jewish people is referring to the level of Malchus of the world of Atzilus. As Knesset Israel means the congregation of Israel, Knesset is a gathering, a base Knesset, a place where people gather. Knesset Israel is where all the Jewish souls are gathered, all the energy of the world of Atzilus is gathered, and that is in Malchus, where Malchus is the receptacle, the channel, which channels all the energy of the world of Atzilus down into the lower worlds of Biyah, 
That's why Knesset Yisrael refers to Malchus of Atzilus, where everything is gathered, all the energies of the world of Atzilus are gathered in and channeled. Knesset Yisrael is referring to Malchus. Why And Malchus brings a certain completeness to the level of Zah, which are the Midas, the emotive attributes of the world of Atzilus. From Chesed to Yisait. Like the verse implies, Anechi Shulumi I am the completeness of the faith of Yisrael. What does that verse mean in a deeper sense? That um, Amuna always refers to Malchus of Atzilus, because Amuna, faith, is something where you don't have any understanding, you don't have any um, feeling, you just believe with a simple faith. That's the idea of Malchus. Malchus doesn't have anything of itself. It's just a channel for all the energies, the motive and the intellectual energies that transcend it, they're above it. So, Malchus is always synonymous with Amuna. So, Anoichi Shloimi Amuna, so I, the perfection of of Amuna, which is referring to Malchus, which brings perfection to Yisrael, the first considered Yisrael, which is Yibin Shlemis, that Malchus brings a completeness to, to the Supernal Yisrael, which refers always to the Midas of the world of Atilas. Yisrael, who who Alshem Kisarisa. So let's explain what is Yisrael. How does Yisrael refer to the Midas of Atilas? Because Yisrael, as when, when Yaakov's name was changed to Yisrael, it says Kisarisa, uses the word Kisarisa because you have overcome, you have fought with um, people and, um, and with angels and people and you have overcame them. So Sarisa, you have fought with Zeopchinus. Shem Havaya Shalomayla Meshem Alekim. And this also, this always, so therefore Yisrael, which is the Shem Amayla, the more higher level name of the Jewish people, is always referring to Shem Havaya, which is the shame of the, the name of Hashem, which refers to directly to Hashem's essence, which transcends the name of Alekim, which is always referring to the name of God, and so it's already come down to contraction and diminishment. And therefore, this level of Yisrael, which is Avaya and not Elikim, Elikim also can be synonymous with Malchus, which Malchus is the channel which sort of conceals the energy of Atzilus to bring it down to the lower worlds of Biyah. So Avaya is all synonymous with Zah, the Midas of Atzilus, which is this more actual energy revelation of divine energy, how it's concealed when it goes down and through the channel of Malchus Elikim. Via so that's what it says. I am bring I I Amuna, which is Malchus, bring completeness to Yisrael, to Yisrael, which is the Shema Maila, which refers to the Bidais of Atzilus. It's known that Zoh, which is Erabin, which is referring to the Bidais of Atzilus, or Bal Tesfiris, the master, meaning it has within it Tes nine spheres. The Besaid Shadish who Bukhines Vovkzovis, that the source. In the secret of the source of the, meaning the source, the regular energy, which usually Zah relates to, which the Vedas Matilas relates to, it's just the Vav Tzavis, it's the six emotive attributes. But when the Zah, Vedas Matilas experience a more intensified energy revealed in, in it from the higher levels of Matilas, from the Meichin of Matilas, then then you add to the six emotive attributes of the world of Atzilus from Chesed to Yisaid, also the three intellectual faculties of Atzilus Chalchem Minadas, Vehubichinas Tesfiris. Therefore, Zah is called Baal Tesfiris. It has nine spheres in it when it's experiencing the intensified energy from it's receiving from the um, three intellectual faculties of Atzilus. 
Minyan HaMitzvahis Hu Ramach. And that is also the reason why the mitzvahs, positive, positive commandments, are in the number of 248. Because the mitzvahs, it says in the Zayar, are dependent on, meaning they're rooted within this level of Zah, of, of the Midas of Atzilis. Every mitzvah is connected to a different emotive attribute. Chesed, uh, tzedakah, which is an expression of kindness, connected to chesed of atzilis, the laws of the dinim, the judgments of the judges, and uh, all the different laws, laws which are enumerated in the parts of Bishpatim are all about expression of Hashem's gvura of atzilis. So each of the mitzvahs have a connection to a different sphere. Um, and that is why the mitzvahs are hinted to in 248, because the mitzvahs are connected to Zah, which is we just said is made up of t- nine spheres. The Zah, of uh, test spheres, the Zah, and when you take the nine spheres of Zah, test, problem, test, and you times that by nine, which is pay all of it, just comes to 81, because each of the spheres is included with the other t- t- the other nine spheres, because it's known that there's always an inclusiveness and a um, unification, inclusiveness, hiskalus, between all the spheres of the world of Atsilas. So when you have nine times nine, you have 81. And each one of these test spheres is made up of three components, which are called Roish, Toich, and Soif. The head, the inner, and the, the end, the beginning, the, the middle, and the end, basically, which are three aspects that every sphere has, which is basically the aspect of the sphere which is connected to the higher sphere, the Roish, the aspect of the sphere which is just in and of itself, that's the Toich, the inner, and the Soif is the level of the sphere which is already how it's relating to the next sphere below it. So every sphere has those three aspects to it. That you're taking 81 times by 3. That comes to Ramag, which is 243. When you times 81 by 3, and when you add to those, when you add to all that, the five um, kindnesses, which, which make that energy of, the, of, of Zah even greater, then you come to Ramag. So you're adding 5 to 243, it comes to 248. And therefore, every every time the the the, the level of zah, which is it has within it the ten, the five chasadim, the five kindnesses, which make it even bigger, which bring bring even more energy into it, because zah in general is over the overwhelming idea of zah is chesed. Therefore, it has these five chasadim within it. So therefore, the mitzvahs are also, which are rooted in zah, are the number of two hundred forty-eight. When you do this same idea, we could just explain that zah is made up of the test spheres. Nine spheres. Completes Zah. How does it complete Zah? Because Zah, like we just said, is only test spheres, nine. But Malchus is the lowest sphere, which is not included in the emotive attributes, and completes that Zah, which includes within it the six emotive attributes and also the three intellectual attributes, which bring it to the nine, and then it completes it to the ten. The 10th sphere, and that's why Malchus is called Tamasi, the Knesset Israel, Malchus is called Tamasi, my complete one, bringing completeness to me, because it completes the 10th sphere. It is the 10th sphere. Even though we see it is completing the 10th sphere, it's the number 10, but completeness doesn't just mean completeness in number, it brings it to, from 9 to 10. What is the completeness? That Malchus brings to the higher spheres of the emotive attributes of Zah, which seemingly are at a higher level, and how can they be completed? Meaning, how can they be added to in their quality by a lower sphere of Malchus, which has nothing of itself? It's just a channel. 
to channel that divine energy which is being poured into it from Zah. We'll stop there at the top, um, about eight lines, nine lines at the top of page Reish Chav Beis, the end of the paragraph.